and fan the flame. That's what we're going after, all right? May God get all the glory all year long in 2021. No matter the circumstance, I will look to my King. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping with you guys and uh, just fired up to continue to uh, bring people in as we just a little bit each week are continuing to open up more and more as uh, more are willing to come in and praise God for that. Excited to have the first five rows now, uh, every row and every seat for those who are willing and able and have uh, had the vaccine or you've been sick or you've uh, you know you're at that low risk. Great to have you down front with us there. And uh, man, we're just going to continue to go after it together. May God get all the glory. Truly, man, in the midst of these weird times, can we just all admit these are weird times, right? In the midst of these weird times, may we focus on Jesus Christ and worship him. May we lift him up. May we be satisfied in him. May we celebrate him. May we get amped up and ready for Easter. Man, we are going to have a celebration as we unleash our joy in Jesus Christ. And really, this series is kind of leading us right up to the doorstep of that. So the series we're in here, it's called Fan the Flame. And it's all about having a heart that's on fire for Jesus Christ. It's all about individually, me, personally, Lord, what do I need to go after? How do I need to go after it so that you can get more praise and more glory? Like, Lord, I'm ready for my heart to be lifted up. You know, that little ember of orange, may it turn into a flame and be growing. Lord, may I be worshiping you more tomorrow than I am today. And then not just me, but my family, this whole church, how can we be on fire for Jesus Christ. So we're walking through the book of 2 Timothy, and he's talking about several different uh, ways to go after that. And the first, he talked all about trials, the first couple of chapters, all about how to handle struggle and heartache and suffering. How do we handle those trials and how do we worship in the midst of them? And then the next two chapters or so, he was talking about truth. Like, how do we go after truth? How do we go after God's word? How do we continue to celebrate what God stands for? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So as we continue to go after Jesus Christ, yes, going after the truth. And now as we close out 2 Timothy here in chapter 4, he's going to be talking about testimony. Right? So trials, truth, and now testimony. He's going to be talking a lot about the value of relationships and the connecting together and the partnering along the way. May God get all the glory. All right? So today, this sermon is called uh, Testimony. Run the good race. And may we have a strong testimony as we follow after Christ and run hard. So turn with me, if you will, to 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 6. 2 Timothy 4, starting in verse Six, and we're going to talk about running the good race. Point number one here, run a good race all the way to the end. Run a good race all the way to the end. Not just part of it, not just a moment where you really gave it your all, but all the way to the end. Everybody just say all the way. Like hold on, push through, make sure you're running all the way to the end. He says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Let's just hold right there. He says, For I am already being poured 
out as a drink offering. I'm already being poured out. Already, like it's happening in his life. He's not saying this will happen. He's saying it's already begun. It's happening now. I'm being poured out like a drink offering. This is really using a metaphor. He's looking back to the Old Testament. He's talking about a couple of different passages. Numbers 28 being one of those. But there's a number of different passages that talk about the drink offering. And the holiness of the drink offering. And the set-apartness of the drink offering. Setting it apart for him. It's all for God's glory. It's for the sin covering. It's for the, just the relational connecting between man and God. And drink offering was one of the things that was given as sacrifice. It was literally the liquid that was poured out. And this drink offering poured out being able to glorify God in the process, right? And he's like, I'm being poured out. You can kind of hear what he's saying. He's like, it's gotten hard. Like, I'm being sacrificed. I'm being poured out. The pain, the suffering, the heartache, it's high, man. I'm being poured out for the glory of God. And... uh Paul's life had gotten very hard. You know, we know of Paul. He was the Pharisee. He had a lot on the ball. He knew a ton. Paul ended up meeting Christ on the road to Damascus, knocked on his back by the greatness of Jesus Christ. And as he got up, getting through that process of saying, okay, now I need to commit my life to Christ. He learned what that meant over the upcoming days there. And he said, this is it. I'm going to start sharing the truth of who Jesus is. He completely 180'd from where he was at. And as he went around beginning to share aggressively, passionately who Christ is, things started to happen. People started to get saved. There were churches being planted. Lives were being changed. People were being sent out as missionaries. And so Satan rising up and man who stood against who Christ was, they ended up getting Paul and putting him in prison. The catch is his first imprisonment in Rome it was a little bit light, like they would call it um, house imprisonment. It was kind of easy, and he was able to write letters. He was actually able to relax. He was, you know, he was locked into a space and a place, but it really wasn't that rough of a place. That lasted a couple of years. He was known to be a Roman citizen, and they were being careful with him. But as he got released out from that, he ended up spending the next five to seven years traveling around to the churches, sharing and encouraging, and getting more and more bold. And there was a, another leader in Rome at that time. Nero began to take more and more charge. And he got fed up with some of what Paul was doing. He ended up making sure that there were these Christians who were willing to speak out would pay the price. Paul ended up getting dragged into another Roman prison. And this time it wasn't the light, easy house prison. He was down in some dark dungeon. It was dank. It was horrible. And as he was locked in down there, it was beginning to take its toll on him. And Paul said, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. Like I'm glad the church is thriving and I'm celebrating for Jesus Christ and I long for him to get the glory. And man, is it taking from me. That's what he's saying to Timothy. And praise God, he's getting lifted up. And I'm willing to be that sacrifice, but I'm being poured out. Man, as we hear this, you've got to hear the voice of a guy who is 
a little bit older. For this generation and for this time, he was very old. He was running in his early, probably early 60s at that time. For our generations, that's kind of young still. And all of those over 50 say, right? That's right, man. Welcome to the young crew, right? But that was a little bit old for him. And he was actually carrying it hard. And uh, it was taking its toll on him. It says, and the time of my departure has come. And the time of my departure has come. Notice it doesn't say, and the time of my departure will soon come. He says, and the time of my departure has come. It's already here. It's on the doorstep. This is it. Soon I'm going to pass away. He can see that the punishment coming from Nero is more and more aggressive. He can see the number of Christians whose lives are being taken. He can see that soon he is going to have his life taken. And, um, you know, nothing is recorded in Scripture exactly about how Paul died. Many believe beheaded. But the, however that happened, there's this reality that he had that soon and very soon he was headed home to heaven. His departure was coming soon. There was a deep struggle and death was on the doorstep. He says, I have fought the good fight. There's a lot of a perfect tense in this as he looks back. Uh, notice he he says, I have fought. Like it happened already and it's still true today. I have fought the good fight. I'm still in it and I'm still fighting. I'm still battling. And I have been battling for some time. I take the stand against Jesus Christ or for Jesus Christ against Satan. I will not allow his name to be spoken ill of. Paul's like, no matter what the cost, I'm in. That's where I'm at. I have fought the good fight. I have spent time in God's word. I have spent time in memorization. I have spent tons of time in prayer. I have said, Lord, whatever needs to change in me, change it all for your glory. That's fighting the good fight. And may we fight the good fight. It gets so easy to get distracted and annoyed if you think our culture is going through rough times right now because of some of what's happening, imagine Nero taking people prisoner because they spoke of Jesus Christ, throwing them in prison and at times even killing them, burning them alive. That's what's going on in Paul's day. He's like, I've fought the good fight. I've stayed in the fight. I'm in. Man, how are you doing it? Fighting the good fight. It's saying, Lord God, shape me, change me. Lord, whatever needs to grow in me, all for your glory. Right? He says, I have fought the good fight. I've stood for Jesus. I have finished the race. The next two here that he uses, again, it's in the perfect form. He says, I have finished. It's in the perfect. It's already happened, but it's still happening today. I have finished and continuing to finish the race. This is the same challenge that he gave to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Remember back in the fall when we were going through the book of 1 Timothy, he challenged Timothy there in chapter 6, verse 12. He said, make sure you finish the race. Run it well. And Paul's like, I have done that. That's where I'm at. I'm calling you to do what I've already done. He's like, run it all the way to the end. Keep your eyes fixed on the end line, right? Hebrews 12 says, fix your eyes on the author and perfecter of your good faith. 
run it all the way to completion. If you notice, Paul is using athletic terms. He's using competition terms. I've fought the fight. I've run the good race all the way to the end, right? I've finished the race. And, you know, you got to picture these sporting events. For us today, sports would be something like, say, in football, Picture the guy who is like breaking away. He's running a post pattern. He reaches out. He catches the ball. The, end, the defender falls behind him. As he's running, he ends up getting to the end zone. Have you ever seen this happen? Whereas the guy's getting there, he starts celebrating early. Lifts the ball up. He's like, yeah. Puts it down and he drops it nonchalantly. Like, do you see how awesome I am? And as he drops it, it's before the end zone. Have you seen that happen? A number of times. Drops the ball and it bounces around. Camera zooms in. People are like, what are you thinking? And he's like, I think I'm awesome. That's what I'm thinking. And all of a sudden, he's standing in the end zone with no football. That's not finishing the race well. And all of God's people said. He's like, man, make sure you don't drop the ball before the end zone. Make sure you bring it all the way home. Make sure you bring it with all you've got. I know when I was in high school playing football, if you took the ball into the end zone and you did not run all the way to the back of the end zone and set the ball down there, man, did you get chewed out. The ball got to the back of the end zone, finished. Then you were done. Now you can celebrate. And that's what Paul's saying. Finish well. Then there will be time for celebration. I remember when my daughter Megan uh, ran cross country and uh, she had tons of shin splint problems in, the, in those years and it, it was tough on her, but she loved running cross country in high school. And uh, we would go out and cheer her on and cheer the team on. Cross country actually is kind of a cool sport. Uh, there's a lot of team camaraderie in it and a lot of connection in it that goes on and yet you're still running for your bests along the way and uh, it's a pretty cool moment. And, and so uh, we were over at Detweiler running and uh, Megan was doing the run there. And as she would go up and around, then the job of the parents was to run across the open field to the other side. Those of you wearing cross country shirts know what I'm talking about. Run across to the other side and you get over there and you're like, keep going. And like, that's all you got, man. You ran this little bit. They're hauling all the way in. Now you got to get back to the other side. Luckily, it's a little longer down around the backside. So you get over to the other side, and now they're coming in for the finish at the end of this three-plus-mile race. And as they're hauling it in, you're, you know, everybody's kind of cheering them on, and they're bringing it. And Detweiler is a little bit of a, you're kind of like running uphill. You can feel it, and you can see the kids just sort of slowing down. It's getting hard on them. It's grinding. And uh, Megan really wanted to get a PR at that point. She had gone a number of weeks without the PR. And she's like, I really want this personal record. You know, I want to get the, the breaking of my own record. And um, so I'm keeping tabs on her. Like, I'm watching where it's at. And as she starts up that ramp of the hill, I'm like, she can hit this, man. And she starts to hit the ramp. And you can see her slowing down. And I'm like, Megan, move. You can get it. You can get your PR. Push, push. And all of a sudden, she heard me through the crowd, and she looks over, and I said, you can get your PR, and a new run happened. Like, she took off. She pushed it as hard as she could push. She was running through. She breaks through the end. She gets her PR, and as she stops, almost sick to her stomach from pushing it, she says, did I get it? And I'm like, you finished it with a new record, baby. And I was able to give her the new number. Man, I'm telling you, it is a joy 
to be able to run hard and finish well. Paul is like, run the race, fight the fight, finish well. Keep your eye on the end and push for Jesus Christ and his glory, not for your own glory. And all of God's people said, huge deal. He says, finish the race. He says, I have kept the faith. He's like, I've made sure that I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he is risen from the dead. I confess him as Lord. He's in charge of my life. I believe. I believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I celebrate who he is and that my sin can be covered. I have kept the faith. Perseverance, focus, and worship all the way to the end. And don't let the annoyances of this world get you distracted and take your eye off the end line. Keep driving for God and his glory, okay? He says, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Henceforth, like coming in the future, and he talks a little bit more about how in just a second. He's like, coming in the future, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, You know, there are five different crowns named in Scripture, five different ways that crowns are given. And and it's not exactly sure what all of this means and how this works. And are those crowns just given back? And are these more metaphorical? And you can work through a deep study on it. But this crown of righteousness, very specifically saying, there is going to be the gift of righteousness coming. And please hear me on this. This is the moment where Christ is ending up saying, The flesh is gone. Your spirit is perfected. God doing this perfecting work in, and as he ushers us into eternity, he says, no more sin, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more heartache. As you cross the finish line, that's what's out ahead. And he's handing across this perfection. This is the perfection and righteousness of Christ given to us as we enter into eternity. Man, as we run for him, he is guaranteeing eternity and righteousness to come. Praise be to God. Paul's like, praise God for this crown of righteousness. The word crown there, it's actually the word in the original language would have been like wreath. It was that wreath that the athlete would have worn on their head after they finished the race and won. They would be receiving this wreath on the head. And he's like, I'm receiving a wreath of righteousness. This metaphor of Christ's righteousness handed over to him for being able to run this race to the end. You know, there are other crowns like the crown of life or the crown of glory, the crown of rejoicing or the incorruptible crown. There's other crowns that are spoken of in scripture. And there is some sense of reward that God has for eternity. But please hear me. This is a really big deal. Man, if all we're doing is running to get the crown, we're still running to get. If all we're doing is making it about me, we're still just making it about me. So be careful. God does work with reward. There is benefit and praise God for that. But man, mostly I am running that Jesus Christ gets all the glory. And man, in the end, if my sin gets covered because of him, 
then that's him that should get the glory. And I'm more than happy to throw any crown back to him that he gives because he's the one who makes it happen. He's my savior. He's my king. I'm running for him. And all of God's people said, amen, man, don't miss it. May we run the good race all the way to the end. And may we point to Christ and his glory as we do. May God get all the celebration. He says, this crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Like, who can give out righteousness? Well, the one who is righteous. Right? And so the judge, the one who is the righteous judge, is the one who's going to be handing this out. We looked at this last week. Jesus is actually the judge of the living and the dead. The living and the dead. That's everyone, right? And so Jesus is sitting as judge over all, over you and me. But the reality is for those who don't believe in Jesus Christ, to those who refuse to say, I believe your king in my life, take over. For the unbeliever, there is an eternity of separation from God, a punishment of hell that goes on. That's part of that judgment is the hell that follows. And for those who believe in Jesus Christ, for those who trust in him, for those whose sin is covered, for those who are looking to him and saying, Lord God, may it be all about your glory, I look to praise you. In the end, there's no punishment. There's rewards that get given and we get to give those back to him in celebration. It's all about him. Him giving and us celebrating and praising forever. He's like, that's what I'm looking forward to is standing before my God and whenever and however he says, well done, I'm just saying, Lord God, I worship and praise you. Thank you for who you are. Man, are we ready to run the race for him and his glory? Even when he takes the time to hand us an award that we know we could have never run without him. May God get all the glory. He says, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. This isn't just Paul who's receiving the crown of righteousness, but to those who love his appearing. Both his first appearing, but very specifically, and his second appearing. Longing to see Jesus Christ coming. Recognizing that the king of the universe has stepped into this world for me and for you. And recognizing that this king will come back as lion. He will take by force, he will put evil in its place, and we will worship and praise the king forever. Know this, man, for all who are longing for that coming, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. He's like, yeah, there's the celebration of this crown of righteousness. For all those believing in Jesus Christ, there will be eternal perfection. May God get all the glory. It's truly a sweet, sweet celebration Really, may we make it all about him. And Paul's like, my life is coming to a close. And I'm grinding it out for my king. And I'm looking forward to him. And I cannot wait to come home. My departure is close. And may we run to the end. May we finish well. May victory be what we get to say as we point to Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, man, man. Well, Paul used a sports analogy, so I thought I'd just stick with the sports analogy for a moment. And uh, 
So what sports analogy could we possibly pick up from this week, right? So March Madness is here, and uh, it's not the same March Madness. Let's be honest. It's nice to watch a game when there's 15, 20, 30,000 fans in the, in the stands, and, and now there's 15, 20, 30 fans in the stands. You know what I mean? So it's a little, it's not volume, but at least you're getting to see the competition. And uh, this year, Illinois is seated number one, which is amazing. Uh, like I went to the University of Illinois and got an engineering degree from there. I've been able to cheer for them twice since I graduated, right? <laughs> so uh, it's exciting to be able to see them up at a number one seat and see them cranking through and God willing, they will know what finishing well means, right? We'll see what happens with that. But this has been a tough, tough brackets this year. We've had a lot for those. How many of you are doing the brackets at all this year? Yeah, okay, a third, half, whatever, something like that. You know, it's fun to be able to do the brackets. We just go ahead and fill it out, and, uh, and then you can kind of compete and go through. My wife fills out with us every year. This year she said, I don't know, you fill it out, and click the button, and it fills auto for you. Just so you know, she auto-filled, and, and it's not doing that well. I don't, I don't think autofill knows any better than the rest of us, right? And the reality is there's been a ton of upset. And in all the upsets that are taking place, um, it's hard to predict when some of those are going to happen. But man, it always happens when somebody lets up. There, there was a really tragic one this year. That's only the ninth time it's happened where a, a two seed is lost to a 15 seed. Ohio State went down. And man, if you go watch the game, and I was watching through the game, and I'm stunned. Like they missed 50% of their free throws. 50% of their free throws were missed. If they had hit 60% of their free throws, they would have never gone to overtime and they would have won the game. I don't know what the coach said afterwards, but finished well was not phrases that he used. May we finish well. I watched the guy at the end when he got the ball. He actually had a chance to tie it up even in overtime. And as he shot the ball, even that shot, they were so tired. He bricked the front end of the rim and it came down. And he just puts his hands on his head like, I can't believe it. What have I done? And may we not come to the end of our race like that. And all of God's people said, Lord God, may I push to the end. Lord God, may I struggle to finish. Lord God, may I strive to hit at least 60%. Lord God, may this be a moment where you get the glory. And all of God's people said, Paul's giving an example. May we run the race. May we finish well. Okay? Point number two. Be a refreshment as you serve Christ and others. Be a refreshment as you serve Christ and others. And now, how do we partner with each other along this race? He says, do your best to come to me soon. He's talking to Timothy and he's like, hey, Timothy, I would love to be able to see you. There's not much time left in my life and I would love for you to be able to come and visit. Timothy's a pastor at the church of Ephesus. That's a little bit of a journey from Ephesus over to Rome, but would you come over and see me in prison? I'd love to be able to talk to you face to face. I'm lonely. Friendship would be great. Partnership and ministry would be awesome. If you've got a chance to come see me, I'd love to see you. And, uh, and it's a huge deal to be able to visit people in their heartache and to be able to hurt with them and weep with them and cry with them and laugh with them and remember with them. And uh, it's a big deal. He says, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Demas, 
in love with this present world. We're not sure in what way. You know, is it possessions? Was it titles? Was it successes? Was it just comforts? Well, we don't know what he's talking about, but in some way, Demas was like, forget this. Paul got captured. Paul got put into prison. Paul's in the dungeon basement with the dank, dripping water and the horrible discomfort and the hopelessness at times beginning to well up. And Demas is like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm not going this way anymore. And he went off to a little bit easier journey in Thessalonica. You know, Demas was mentioned in Colossians 4, verse 14, and in Philemon 24, as a guy who was bringing it for Jesus Christ. Demas was the guy who caught the ball running for the end zone. He was running full tilt. The defender fell behind him, and at the 20-yard line, he looked pretty good. But all of a sudden here, as he's coming near the end zone, he just drops the ball and walks away. Doesn't finish it and run it through to the end. Demas had gone to Thessalonica to pick up a little bit of comfort. And please be careful with this. This isn't Demas losing his salvation, but this is Demas not learning what it is to finish ministry well. Okay? It's a big deal difference. This is Demas. He didn't, he didn't like all of a sudden go, never mind, I don't believe in Jesus. He's just like, I don't know how to suffer like this. I don't know how to struggle like this. And I'm taking a break in the moment. And he's just calling us to hold in there. He's like, Demas walked away from me. And Creskins has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Some of the guys started bailing out when Paul went to prison. People began to move in other places. I mean, so we take a stand for Jesus Christ, who knows which way things might go in this country. And as we begin to take a stand for Christ, are people going to be put in prison for just taking that stand? Will that be viewed as something needing to be canceled? And all of a sudden they're rising up against. And where will you be in standing up with those who are going to prison because they stood for Jesus Christ? Right? May we actually take the stand with our king and may we rally together as a church. May we excitedly, passionately stand with each other. May we have one another's backs. May we be Luke. It says here, Luke alone is with me. This is the doctor. This is the guy who wrote the book of Luke. This is the guy who wrote the book of Acts. Luke, he hung with Paul. He's like, I'm with you, man. I know the struggle's hard. I'm writing with you. I'm stirring with you. I'm worshiping with you. I'm in for Jesus Christ. Nothing's going to push me off. My eyes are fixed on the finish line and the author and perfecter who is Jesus Christ. Luke, he rallied alongside. And he said, I'm with you, Paul. And I'm praying for you. And I'm hurting with you. Us together in this. Man, may we have a community of us together in this. All the way to the end. And all of God's people said, it's a huge calling as we stand beside each other. Then he says, get Mark and bring him with you for he is very useful to me for ministry. Get Mark and bring him. He's very useful to me in ministry. Now, this is the same Mark that he ended up having a battle with earlier. This is John Mark. And actually they had a disagreement. John Mark was Demas. John Mark bailed out on a, the first missionary journey. He was like, I, I'm out. 
And as he pulled off, Paul was like, what are you doing? If you bail here, I can't trust in you. And Paul and Barnabas got into a big fight over it. There was this rift that occurred. And Barnabas, trying to be more understanding and encouraging, went with John Mark. And Paul disagreed and went his other way. And we're not exactly sure how and what happened in all the details, but here's what we do know. Mark was doing some recovery. Mark ended up coming back around and saying, I'm coming at worshiping Christ and I'm laying it on the line. And Paul's like, that dude is useful, man. That guy is great to stand beside. Look, we may be in a Demas moment in our lives where we've walked away and said, this is too much. But I'm telling you, we can turn it back around. We can re-engage and it can be for the glory of Jesus Christ. John Mark running hard and Paul is like, man, that guy is so encouraging to me. That guy so gets what ministry is about. May we rally together and run together. If you've taken a moment of hiatus, if you've pulled back because it's just been too much, taking the deep breath and all of us together re-engaging and moving forward. It's never too late to start pouring it on for Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, don't miss it. Yes, there can be awesome hope in the end. And he said he's useful, he's encouraging, and he's continuing. He says, Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. Remember, he's writing to Timothy. Timothy is the pastor of the church at Ephesus, right? And so he's sending Tychicus that way with a letter along the way, right? And he's saying, Timothy, I'd love to have you come towards me. May God get all the glory. And he's sending some guys there to help them. Ministry is about partnership. It's about talking together. It's about sharing together. It's about working together. And man, we do best when we're connected with others. Others within the ministry, as we as pastoral staff talk all the time, as we're working with you guys as impact group leaders, as we're as elders praying over the church and laughing together and working together. But more so than that, reaching out. As we call up Pastor Abraham and spend some time talking with him and seeing how Haiti's going. By the way, please be praying for Haiti. Like, dude, it is rough down there. And I'm not talking COVID. I'm talking kidnappings. I'm talking uh, lots of physical aggression. It's a hard time with all the political unrest. Please be praying for our churches in Haiti and for God to do an amazing work. You know, I was talking to the pastors up in Michigan, and there's some churches up there that we've been connected with over the last decade, and just talking with them and laughing a little bit and sharing a little bit about how we're moving forward in these COVID times and what they're doing and praying together for things. And uh, being able to celebrate some of that, talking to some of the churches in Indiana. I was talking to Grace Morton, talking to the pastor over there and just spending some time as we connected this last week, talking to Pastor Burkle over at Bethany. Man, stay connected in, right? And we as a church are trying to stay connected with other churches and we are longing to be able to be a blessing. Man, may we lift up the name of Jesus Christ. May we never let it down. We serve the risen Savior. And in these times that get so tiresome, Lord God, may we partner together. May God get all the glory, right? He says, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. Have you ever left your coat somewhere? He's like, dude, bring the cloak that I left. 
and Troas. And maybe he left it purposefully. We're not sure, you know, but he's like, it is nasty in this prison. I would love that cloak. It's getting pretty cold. Could you bring that along? And, and then he says also the books and all the parchments. Paul has not stopped learning. Paul has not stopped growing. And the books and all the parchments. May we spend time in God's word. May we spend time learning and growing. May we grasp what God has to say along the way. And may it be all about him. Please hear me. You are not running this race alone. It is not just you. It is you and your king. Your God alongside you, empowering and enabling you. Your God running with you as you point to him and make it all about him. May God get all the glory as we run the good race. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Let's pray.